You are listening to The Real Faith Stories Podcast, interviews with people who chose to boldly follow their faith. I'm your host, Brian Robinson. Now, let's meet our guest and hear their story. Andy Mason, welcome back to Real Faith Stories. Really looking forward to our conversation today. Thanks so much, Brian. Well, for those of you that haven't heard of you, Andy, I would love for you to share how you wound up in the United States from New Zealand and how God's hand was on some major decisions that you made, major faith decisions, and then the movement into this whole ministry that you're now involved in and have been for over a decade called Heaven in Business, and for you to share some of those stories that you've seen happen in the lives of business people that have said, Lord, this is your business. Thanks, Brian. So, as you can tell from the accent, we're actually American United States citizens now, but over a decade ago, 14 years ago now, 2008, we're in New Zealand, and my background is agriculture, so from the practical side of ranching or farming, sheep, beef, deer, and cropping, through to agricultural business consulting and then agricultural finance relationship management. That's where we were, and very involved in local church doing what a business person would typically do in that role. So teaching a finance course, which is wonderful, discipling men, leading worship, on the local board, uh, doing mission trips, all of those things. And so I had these kind of two worlds, what we were doing from a ministry, church perspective, and then my business realm. And we'd seen some miracles, certainly on the mission field and certainly on Sunday services, but I hadn't seen a huge amount of that in my work. And at the start of 2008, my wife and I were praying about you know, what was next. Since, you know, there's a bit of an, like we're unsettled or like it's like something was changing, but we didn't know what. And I was with a buddy overseas and he, and he said, why don't you pray with it? The Lord is leading you geographically, which had never, ever crossed my mind. So I wrote down in my journal, Father is our future in this location and within one week, God spoke so clearly about leaving everything and going to a new new location, which mm. blew our minds, which that was the journey that prompted us to leave New Zealand, leave the safety of a salary and babysitters and a house and a job and health benefits and all of these things that I didn't realize how much my trust was in to this journey of, as you say, faith, a real faith story of trusting God with what's next. And uh, we landed in Redding, California, and I did a ministry school there with a place called Bethel Church. And within that school, so I was one of 800 students, very early on, I loved the culture and are praying through your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what does that look like in our city? What does it look like in our communities? And so coming from a business background, I approached them and said, I love the concept of praying for sick people. That's a great emphasis on healing. But what about a city? What about the business people? What about in our day-to-day economic activity? That surely must thrive also when the kingdom of God comes. And I remember one of the pastors said, well, we tried something and it didn't work. How about you do something? (laughs) First-year student, and I'm looking for somebody to serve. And I laugh about it now. Yeah, they connected me with a local business. We joined and just served and encouraged them. And then we started a class a couple of years later. 
in in the school of ministry for business people, for people that were called, knew that they were called not to ministry, but to somewhere else in the workplace. And how do we equip and train and activate them to do that, to hear God for business strategies and solutions, to carry peace instead of anxiety, to be anchored in my identity when it's really uncertain in the workplace, to navigate all of those things, bringing influence from heaven's perspective rather than fear and control. And that has grown over the last decade into what we now call heaven and business. What were the growing pains when you started? From my perspective, so personally, the growing pains was all within me. It was insecurity. It was fear. It was questioning, who am I to be doing this? I was asking that. And then others would be like, what are you doing? What, why are you doing that? Who <laughs> is this? This bizarre looking, is there something in us? Looking for someone else to serve, someone else to tell me what to do. And all along, God's like, Andy, I gave you this. Could you please not outsource it? I was asked the same question recently by somebody saying, hang on a moment, you were a business leader. You led people, you trained others. How was it that you came into this church environment and suddenly you were like playing this hello can you go game and i realized oh i had some beliefs in me that suddenly when you bring your gift and talent ability and lay it at the altar then you just humble yourself and it's hello can you go which is really it stupid just straight out stupid it's like no 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 stay in the calling in which you're called god equipped trained and activated you to do this and he hates the teaching of the Nicolaitans, you read that in the book of Revelation, where they separated the clergy and the laity. They have a rank of what is spiritual and what is not. So in spite of starting something and starting to do it, I still had some beliefs around or questions over you know, whether what I was doing was right, whether I was the qualified person to do it. And since then, it's just been this journey of, oh, this is what all the people I serve walk through at some point as well as recognizing that my work is worship. God blesses the work of our hands, that the same anointing on the famous preacher in the pulpit is on me in my place of work as I create, as I, as I initiate economic activity that benefits my city, that becomes a vehicle to serve and bless people. And that's just been something that has been incredibly exciting to the point where oh my gosh, am I allowed to do this? This is this is so fun. How awesome. That whole point you just mentioned about when you f- have this sense of calling to step into something and then you start looking outside yourself to other people to help you fulfill that calling Yeah. when all that you need is already in you and it's yeah. a matter of the belief side of things, right? Absolutely. What were some of the scriptures and learnings that you encountered that completely changed things with respect to that belief? The most profound one was I was actually at a conference in Hawaii and it was at a transformation conference. And I remember going there, someone paid for me to go, I'm on my own in Hawaii, which is an interesting activity by itself. It <laughs> me to Hawaii. And I'm paid to be inside at a conference, which is kind of confusing. Like, hang on, it's beautiful beaches. I'm on my own, felt like a little bit of a loser, but I'm <laughs> and uh, they were working out some stuff themselves. And I just remember being there and thinking, God, where are you? Like, I, I'm not aware of your presence in this environment. It, it's like the it's crazy, crazy situation. And I remember skipping out of a session, going back to the hotel room and just feeling 
like uh, unsettled or irritated, like what is going on and praying. And the Lord opened up for me Exodus 33, which is the story of Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt into the promised land, Exodus 33, about verse 16. Moses saying, for how will we be distinguished from the people around us other than your presence goes with us? So it was this profound impact for me personally. It's Andy, it's not the miracles. It's not even the, the results, the transformation of cities, the benefit to an economic engine of a nation, the eradication of poverty. Those things are all really good, but those are the outcomes of a healthy relationship being friend of God. So I was being invited into friendship with God and everything else flows out of that. So that was number one. And then this realization that at no Matthew, it says, seek first the kingdom of God. It's first, there is no second. So then it's whatever I'm doing becomes the kingdom of God as a janitor, as a CEO, as a uh, street sweeper, as a retail salesperson. And then the third thing that's really impacted me from a scriptural point of view is the epistles. So if you read through the writings of Paul, and this was even more recently, and you read the first couple of verses in Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, these are all the writings of Paul, a tent manufacturer Mm -hmm. who carried the presence and power of God everywhere he went. And at the start of each of those, it says, I, Paul, the apostle, appointed by God, not appointed by man, but it was Christ himself who called me, sent me, positioned me, chose me. And I started to realize, oh, I've been running around waiting to be appointed by man, but it is God who's appointed me, chosen me, established me. That's Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good but not stopping there, and healing all who are oppressed of the devil because God was with him. So the key is God is with me. His presence is with me. He gives me rest. My value is already determined. I don't have to work in order to obtain value. I get to work from value because my identity is anchored in him. So any anxiety and stress is evidence of an inferior kingdom. And then I get to step in and realize that the power of God is with me not just to do good business, but to heal all who are oppressed of the devil, whether that's by poverty, sickness, injustice, lack, whatever it may be, then I get to express the goodness of God in and through my work. Really, this is the coolest invitation on the planet. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's called salvation. You know, the whole appointed by God idea here, I would be willing to guess that You've interfaced with many, many business people who've experienced the exact same chasm they have to cross between a sense of calling and then a sense of knowing they've been appointed yeah. by God. So what have you done to coach people across that chasm? What have you found to be the most effective way to do that? I guess it's coming back a step and realize, what was it that stopped people? <laughs> and I would say, we're brain damaged. <laughs> We've been teaching people you know, a, a lesser kingdom. We say, hey, come and be a Christian rather than Jesus say, didn't say come and be a Christian. He said, come into the kingdom. Mm. What is the kingdom? It's the kingdom of God, the administration and operating system of Jesus that gives you power of a sin, power of his systems and power of a Satan. So we've got to teach them that. So it's, it's really destroying the myths and the lies around that. 
that business is noble and pure. Money is simply a certificate of value. And so we start there. Then we tell testimonies of what God is doing because, number one, we're validating you in your role, in your role in work, whatever work that may be, and recognizing don't you dare call unclean what God has called clean. And so don't separate yourself or dismiss yourself on what God has chosen and appointed you in. Mm. Then number two is he's appointed you. It's like it's the gifting of the Holy Spirit that enables you to do that. When you recognize this, oh, like that's the gift of God. Yeah, he's the one that causes the increase. Principles are wonderful, but the power of God is the multiplier. And if I think that's me, you're going to sabotage yourself or fill that gap with some form of medication. So vision and validation. Vision comes from telling story of what's possible. So then what happens is stories like Brian. Brian uh, was a CEO of a large national company that purchased malls across, shopping malls across America, and then they rent out the, the shops. They, that's the property management and ownership company. Well, he comes to a conference, a heaven business conference, and he didn't realize that he had separate worlds. I've got my business world and I do work to, to the glory of God and I serve people when it's a secular environment and I do my best and I serve and I serve and I'm really good at it. And then he's got his God world, my spirit world, which is I pray and I, I'm generous and I give and I go on mission trips. But they were two separate worlds and he was ignorant of the crossover. So when he was validated as a business person, called by God, sent by God to bring the kingdom everywhere he goes, and we got captured a vision for what's possible, he just immediately starts to say, oh, my gosh. And in his practical situation, they'd been trying to buy the Shasta Mall. So that was the shopping mall in Redding, California, that had been in the hands of a group of families, and they hadn't been able to buy it for four years. Mm-hmm. And so he suddenly has this realization, oh, God is with me in my work. So what could I do? He has a dream, starts to make a declaration, and walks through that shopping mall praying. And within nine months, they buy the mall, and it's the largest retail purchase in the history of the entire county. And then they pour tens of millions of dollars to actually make it beautiful, improve its value, which is brilliant for a city or community. Uh, He started to do that across malls of America where he did just walk and just invite the presence of God. I just, Lord, bless this place, cause the, the shops, the retail outlets to prosper, cause any crime to decrease. And he just would literally bless the place, pray for the well-being of where you are because your well-being is tied up in their well-being. So you just pray blessing and favor and goodness. And he started to see their numbers increase above what they could quantify. So you know that when you're good, you get a result. But when you're getting results that are far and above what you know that you can do, it's like, that's God. That was happening. But then the thing that I love the most, in Redding, California, we had this this mall, and they started to say, how could we add in a different, you know, a different outlet? And so they were looking at organic retailers, so organic foods. Mm-hmm. So there was a particular food store that they invited to come and they were inviting them to be a possible tenant. So the CEO of this company with his core team were flying in towards Reading. And the story goes, he turned to his team and said, hang what are we doing in Reading? Like, what kind of that, what good could come out of this place? 
his team said, look, we don't have to come. We can turn around if you don't want to. But the numbers actually look really good, the returns per square foot. And so he said, okay, let's just go through that. This is not a Christian organization. This is a secular company, secular CEO. They walk through the store, which was empty, that they'll potentially occupy. They're talking about obviously the numbers and the fit out and all of those different things. Then they stand outside and turns to my friend and says, you know what? It just feels really good. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> so, Brian, what is that? That's the presence of God. Yes. That's peace. That's when you're living in anxiety and fear and greed and control and you experience the presence of God, it's like, <sighs> it's the scripture, Isaiah 55, you go out with joy, be led forth with peace. And the mountains and the hills burst into singing before you, there's shouts of joy and all the pre-picked trees of the field. They clap their hands. They're like, who are you people? It's just like, <laughs> how come you're like, there's something different about you. What is it? Everyone else is fighting and divisive and controlling and manipulating. And you are generous and kind and loving. Can we do business? Yeah. And so that's some of the story. So powerful. You know, as you started this ministry to business people 10 plus years ago, what were the challenges, Andy, that business people faced then as opposed to today? What are you seeing as the differences now? I think coming from what I've gotten to see, that story of just what I told you, is business people that love God and love business, and they're confused between the two. They have not fully integrated their walk with God with their walk in business. They're ignorant of the fact that God actually knows more about your business than you do. And why would you not involve him in the processes of hiring and firing and making decisions and recognizing that actually when you became a follower of Jesus, you gave your life over to him, which means everything is his. So even this funny process that we go through and kind of formally dedicating my business to God, actually, it's already his. When you become a follower of his, it's no longer you lives, but Christ who lives in you. Everything you have, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So really what I'm doing is just acknowledging what is already is his is his. So that's a funny thing. So I'd say number one is ignorant of the benefits. And so what does that look like? The believers in business, they hustle and strive and they're frustrated just as much as anyone who's not. There is no tangible difference. And I know that success or external success is not necessarily an indication of the kingdom of God at work because I see so many people that walk through challenges and difficulties because they're following Christ. Mm-hmm. It's both end. But I do expect there to be some non-negotiables, peace, rest, growing in trust, and they will see results in the process. So 10 years ago, I would say that would be, you know, the primary would be ignorance. You know, I'm just happy to have a Bible-centered business life rather than the presence and power of God. Now, I'd still see a lot of that today. So many believers completely ignorant of what is possible with God in their place of work. And the other challenge today is what I'm seeing is a significant increase, even in believers, where I would I would call it political spirit and religious spirit. So we're mixing the kingdoms together. And you and I were talking about this before, where what's a political spirit or religious spirit? Jesus himself said, beware of the yeast of Herod and the yeast of the Pharisees. So what was he talking about is 
There's the yeast of the kingdom that causes everything to rise. The yeast of the Pharisees is a religious spirit or religious operating system. And the yeast of Herod is a political operating system. And so how do you know? Well, I'll mix them or I can mix them together. So political or religious is all about money, position, power, greed, fear and control. That's what's driven. And so if someone's listening to this, just on a scale of one to 10, how much are you being focused or driven or motivated by money, position, power, greed, fear, control, or pride? Just ask yourself and ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. Compared to the kingdom of God, which is all about generosity, gratitude, and humility, how easily are you to be corrected? It's the Joshua who's about to take on and conquer Canaan in the promised land, and he's walking up and there's an angel. And it looks like a man, looks like a warrior. And Joshua challenges him and says, whose side are you on? The angel says, I'm on the Lord's side. He's like, oh, oh, you're not on my side or my enemy's side? You're on God's side? I I guess that's the wrong question. I'm on the Lord's side. And so what we see is with religious or political, it's very, very divisive, whereas the kingdom of God is generous, grateful, humble, and love, which really practically, how do I walk that out? I've got one friend who is hugging and embracing and receiving awards for uh, embracing just what we would say is terrorists in the West and having a profound effect. And I've got another friend who trains special forces who wipes out those same people. Hmm. Which one is right? Well, both of them, both of those operating in the kingdom, they know their assignment. They know what God's called them to do. They do this with generosity, humility, gratitude, and love. And it, it's a mystery, and it's powerful, and it's effective, and it's the kingdom advancing. So right now, you have a challenge that you're going to be offering to people that go to your website. And what is the web address? Heaveninbusiness.com. Heaveninbusiness.com. What is that challenge and what was it born out of, Andy? It's born out of actually the very thing that we're facing, just the whole, hey, people, we're getting mixed up in some wrong motivations, which is not the kingdom of God. And how do we promote what is? And let's see the fruit of that, because that fruit brings life wherever it touches. And so rather than kind of going and pointing out what's wrong, let's point out what's good. And so we're doing a 21-day generosity campaign. And it's not one of those, you have to sign up and do this at all. It's about, hey, we're just going to promote this everywhere we go. 21 days of generosity. We're literally going to label, this is what we're going to do over the next 21 days. And it's going to be the first 21 days of December this year. And literally right now I'm putting it together. And so you know, day one, we're just going to give away $100. Day two, we're going to give away the Love Does book by Bob Goff. Day three, time, you know, free advisory service. Day five, healthy hugs. Day six, forgiveness. We actually walk through, how do you do forgiveness? Day seven, more books, mugs, cups, more cash. <laughs> and we're just, we're just going to have a blast. Give away affirmation, what you did. Give away prophetic words. Give away prayer and encounter. Give away a smile. Like intentionally do that. Like walk down the street and smile at someone rather than just being grumpy. And so we're going to do that just for fun and encourage others to join us. And the purpose is really just let's put a right up front and center 
what the kingdom of God is really about. This is one of the attributes, and it's pretty hard to stay miserable when you're generous. It's a key and a pathway for joy. So in the process of that, we're inviting and inspiring others to join us in that process. That's so great. What does an individual look like who would typically get involved with heaven and business? Great question. And I would say primarily that someone that has some measure of workplace experience. So they're not just swamped in learning their skill. They've actually realized it. They're starting to walk in it and they're saying, there's got to be more than this. There's got to be more than just praying and being part of my local church. But where's, where's God? Where's the evidence of a genuine, authentic walk with God in all of life? Where do I get to experience that? And it's like what I said, those two Typically, two separate worlds. I've got my business world and I've got my spiritual world. And I may be seeing amazing things in my spiritual world, or I may not, but I'm like, where does this look? I almost feel guilty that I, that I love my work so much. And we just get to light them up with what's possible, start them on understanding of what is the kingdom of God and what does that look like? And how do you know you're even succeeding from a kingdom perspective and then go on a journey of growing in business, growing in identity, growing in culture, growing in influence, and literally that we get to experience the joy of all creation fully alive would be the end goal, but not at the expense of friendship with God. What kind of tools do you offer to help people immerse themselves in that process? Yeah, so how do we disciple people without realizing they're being discipled? So that's a journey or a nurture sequence from a marketing perspective is what you call it. So there's a and there's a free podcast around how to navigate the messy intersection of faith, family, and business. It's not sterile, it's bumpy, but how do I navigate that and all of that I'm trying to integrate all those things together that's available every week. There's social media where we're posting shorts and clips from teaching moments to equip, train, and activate people in their partnership with God at work. And then we invite people into a membership community where there's an entire library to intentionally walk people through growth in those aspects. My identity, foundations of partnering God at work, growing in culture and growing in influence. And then as a part of that, we have a live call every single week, which is stories from all over the world of what God is doing and then in how to intentionally, strategically, and tactically pray in and through my place of work. So those are kind of the, the virtual components. And then in person, we do workshops all around the country. There's, there's a bunch of those coming up. People can see on heavenandbusiness.com backslash events. And we come kind of down further into smaller and smaller events where there's executive retreats, adventure retreats, which make people jealous. And then we do small number of mastermind groups and individual advisory, which is all around 100% Christ-centered, 100% business and 100% kingdom advancing. How do I integrate that and fulfill what God's called me, the assignment that I have in my place of work to really partner with him and then see that influence calling expressed as an overflow in my community, my city, or my nation, as some people are stepping into. Now you are at the epicenter of what I think God is leading so many of us as business people into. It's really incredible place right now. Thank you. Is there anything as we finish up here, Andy, that springs to mind that you'd like to share as a final piece of sage advice? Yeah, actually, one thing does come to mind. I think so many times we discount ourselves or we like, that's not for me or I'm not spiritual. And we tend to then outsource that to somebody else. 
that was my barrier even starting this realism. There's someone else that's more qualified than me. And we forget that scripture teaches us that it's in our weakness that he is made strong, that God loves to take that which is foolish to shame the wise, that which is poor to shame that which is rich, and that which is weak to shame that which is strong. So the very things that disqualify us, the very areas of our inadequacy or fears or insecurities, that's where when we humble ourselves and invite him in, he shows himself strong. So as people are listening to this, don't disqualify yourself. Invite God even into those things. And don't outsource it. Say, Holy Spirit, take me on a journey. And then I'd encourage you, there is something about perseverance and patience and endurance that has great reward where people are walking through it and they haven't necessarily seen the fullness of breakthrough yet. There's something about the kingdom of God and process that I don't fully understand, but it is God who established a nine-month pregnancy. Now, you'd think it would be supernatural, boom, baby's born, no pain, no suffering, no challenge. But there's something about the kingdom of God that values process and those things being forged on the inside of us. So if you're listening to this and you're walking through stuff, I just encourage you in the middle of it, God's got stuff for you. So don't ask him, what do you want me to do? Just change the question to, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to know? What do you want me to learn in and through this? Uh, how can I become more aware of you even in the middle of this challenge or adversity? And I thank you that you will never leave me alone. So help me, God, help me. Amen. Help me. As we finish now, I'd love to have you pray for our listeners, Andy, please. I'd love to. So, Father, thank you that we get to be alive in this day. Uh, Father, thank you that we are seeing your kingdom on display of the increase of your government and peace. There is no end. So, Father, for every person listening right now, I say let your kingdom come. Let them feel your pleasure and your presence right now invading where they are, the increase of awareness of you with us. Lord, I speak in where there's anxiety and fear. Your love chases away fear. So I pray love encounter that chases away fear. I pray the love of God that eradicates anxiety, that locks us back into who we are and who we're made to be. Father, let your presence just wash over them and Holy Spirit fill them with a spirit of wisdom, with a spirit of counsel, with a spirit of understanding, with a spirit of might, of confidence, of courage. The righteous are as bold as a lion. And Lord, thank you that you've placed us in our assignment. Help us to see that from your perspective. And so I just bless everybody that's listening, that you bless them, that you keep them, you cause your face to shine on them, that you go before them, and that you bless the work of their hands. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate the update and love the stories. Thanks for what you're doing. Thanks so much, Brian. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the show and share this with someone you believe would be encouraged and motivated by these stories. Until next time, I'm Brian Robinson reminding you that the greatest decision you could ever make is to ask Jesus Christ to become the Lord of your life. If you haven't done that, read Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 11. Thanks again for listening.